0: Jesus. real there's power in your name we're my hope and we trust in we Jesus is
1: real Lord you gave me five I made you five more here's ten and what does he say well done good and Faithful servant. See what makes them a good servant is that he's been faithful, right? The guy with two, he's like, Man, you gave me two. Here's your two that you gave me, and I made you two more. And he says, Well done, good and faithful servants. Now here's the thing. Our culture does not value faithfulness, but God does.
0: It doesn't take too long of a look at our culture to discover that faithfulness has been devalued. Faithfulness in marriage has been overturned in favor of personal happiness. We're no longer faithful to companies that have stopped being faithful to us. But in today's message, Pastor Daniel is going to show you that the ever-faithful God still values faithfulness in his children. So, how about you? Are you being faithful with the gifts he gave you? Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 25 as he continues his message, Use What God Gave You. Jesus.
1: you realize that you are not the owner of it. You know, some of you think I'm a self-made person. I'm here to tell you that's totally wrong. And I can explain it to you in five seconds because I'd be like, how dare you say that? I've worked hard to acquire these skills. Wrong. Here's the thing. The very breath in your lungs. That's a gift. The fact that your heart is beating and you're here right now. That's a gift. The fact that you had enough food to make it this far. That's a gift. The fact that your body was able to utilize all these resources. That's a gift. Oh, and the innate abilities that you had guess what that was placed in there by a gift and even the passion to hone those skills over days and days weeks and weeks months and months to put in your ten thousand hours of purposeful practice to become a master at whatever you're a master even that was given by a gift so you're not self-made you have been entrusted with great potential and the ability of you to be able to do that guess what that's a gift from God as well. So whatever those things are, we're supposed to do it heartily as unto the Lord. See, here, this is a key to life. When you realize that it's not yours, you were bought at a price, you're not your own. All these gifts, they were given to you by God. Why someone can sing and everybody loves it and another one sings and it makes dogs weep. <laughs> right? It's like... God gave one person the gift, the other person he gave the gift of torturing animals, you know? It shows that there's a gift. The fact that some, you know, there's a guy on our staff, his name is Luke Stillinger. I love Luke, this guy's amazing. You give that guy a spreadsheet, that dude can do magic on a spreadsheet. Dude, you give me a spreadsheet, I just want to throw up. All those little cells and stuff, I'm like, what is this? Right? It's a gift, So here's the thing, though. Whatever gifts God has given you, you do it heartily as unto the Lord. You live your life saying, God, this gift you give me, I do it as unto you, right? And as I do it unto you, I trust, God, that you, as I live for you and other people get the benefit, that you are going to reward me for stewarding this gift, because really I serve you. Now, here's the question you have to ask yourself. How are you doing being a steward? Or are you one of those people who've taken your life and you're driving it your own way? See, this entire legend, this entire parable, this entire story is forcing us to look at how do we live our lives? You know, and we live in a culture that loves success. So I don't know anyone who doesn't. But I heard this said, and I've heard a lot of variations of this quote. There's nothing worse than being successful at something that ultimately doesn't matter. Like, that's the great tragedy. The great tragedy is not being unsuccessful. It's being successful at things that actually don't matter. And I'm here to tell you that if you don't realize that you're a steward, no matter what you do, you're going to be one of those people who can be successful at something that ultimately has no purpose. It's not eternal. It's temporal. It's temporary. When God wants us to live for something way greater than that. So he gives each one of these servants, one guy gets five, one guy gets two, one guy gets one, they all get a different amount. But what we find is that this Man then leaves and he goes to a far country. Now look at what happens in verse 16. It says, then he who had received the five talents went and he traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And then after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now here's the thing. What we're going to find is that God expects you to invest. There is an expectation from God that you invest the gifts and talents that he has entrusted to you. See, for the guy who got five, he immediately goes on out and he starts to make, do business. He starts to do different things. And so he had five and he gained five more. The guy who had two, immediately he goes on out. He's not worried about what he doesn't have, what he has different from someone else. He's just going and investing with what he has. But the guy who has one, it says that he took it and he buried it. So out of these three servants, two of them goes out and invests, and the other one chooses not to. Now, here's the thing that you have to realize. As it relates to investing, the problem with investing is that there's risk involved. Isn't it true? But the thing is, is what we're actually going to learn here is that there's also risk for not doing anything. No matter what you do, whether you go on out and you invest what God has given you or whether you hold on to what God has given you because you're scared to invest, either way you are assuming risk. And ultimately what you're going to find is the greatest risk is not doing anything. Because there is the expectation from this person who has entrusted all these things to these servants that they are going to go and they're going to invest it so that it might be profitable. Now, here's what happens for each one of us. See, what's amazing about this story is you don't know the backstory about any of these servants. Like you think about the guy who took the one and, and buried it. It doesn't say why he did it, at least not at this point. Maybe he at one point was a very, very successful business person, but he lost it all in the Great Recession, right? Or maybe he got swindled by somebody, or he made speculatory investments. Do you know the difference between an investment and speculation, right? An investment, there's risk, but you have a logical assumption that there's a reward. Speculation is when you try and get rich quick, and you throw good money into something that's never going to work. Now, I just bring that up. That's like a side comment for you. Because we live in the 21st century where everybody thinks they're investing. You're speculating. I always tell people, if you can't afford to lose that money, I wouldn't put it there. Anytime it's like, you know that a, an investment that's too good to be true is. Isn't it true? Some of you are like, hey, amen, why didn't I learn that 15 years ago? Not just a side business piece of advice for you all. I just put that, sprinkle that in there for you. But we don't know why the guy with the one chose not to engage. But what's amazing in this story is it actually doesn't matter why. Because either way, either way, the wealthy landowner expects them to take that money and broker it on his behalf. And I'm here to tell you, God expects the same thing from you. God has entrusted to each one of us skills, time, energy, talents. And God expects you to broker those gifts and talents on his behalf. Now, I'm sure there's all sorts of reasons why people are getting involved, not getting involved, this or that, but I'm here to tell you, whatever the reasons are, they actually don't really matter. Because God wants you to invest what he's given you. So listen, God wants you to be involved He has entrusted to you skills and talents, and he wants you to leverage, invest those things into the work of his kingdom. He doesn't want you to be like this guy who takes the one and he buries it. He doesn't want that, and we're going to see that. Now, what's also, I think, important about this is, listen to what Peter said in his first letter, 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God, if anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory and the dominion forever and ever and all of God's family said Amen, Amen. notice that as each one of us has received a gift, not if, as as each one of us has received a gift let that person ministered to who? To one another. You see how this works? As people who are good stewards of God's multifaceted grace. See, that's what we were created to do. And as you minister, you do it with the strength that God supplies, by the power of the Spirit, that you don't get the glory, but God gets the glory. That's what a stewardship is. A steward does what needs to be done on behalf of his Lord, and the Lord gets the benefit, but this person also gets benefit. Now, what's also important about this, and I want you to call your attention to it as we move past this part. Notice what it says in verse 19. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. See, in this parable, it's about Jesus. He is the gift giver. And he goes away for a long time. But then when he comes back, he wants to do an accounting. Now, I'm here to tell you, the final judgment, that's God Bringing everybody to settle accounts about what you did as you stewarded your life. See, people get freaked out. You know, I, I remember there's always that bumper sticker, looking forward to non-judgment day. Do you ever see that one? It's a riot. I always try and, well, I want to meet the people with these bumper stickers. I want to talk to them about their bump. I'm like, hey, can we talk about your bumper sticker? <laughs> so if you, if you put those kind of bumper stickers on your car, if you just see me like lurking, I just want to chat with you, you know? Because like you put it on your car, I'm like, hey, can you explain that bumper sticker to me? Because then they say, Oh, well, you know, listen, amend the judgment day, I think we should have non-judgment day. Da, 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 da. I'm like, Well, you realize that really what judgment day is, it's the day that each one of us gives an account for our life before the God who has given us life. Like each one of us, he wants to do an accounting. This is what I gave you, and what did you do with what I gave you? And I'm like, so judgment day is not a bad thing unless you're bad. Does that make sense? Boom, right? Dropped the mic. Okay, I'm going to leave now. (laughs) That was good. Like, it's only bad if you're bad. If you're doing a lousy job, like if you're Bernie Madoff, then Judgment Day is a bad day. But if you are not being shady, why are you scared of Judgment Day? Either way, you give an account for your life. You're like, look, I got some things right. I got some things wrong. I believed in Jesus, and I did the best I knew how to with what I got. See, so that's what, Judgment Day is simply God giving us an accounting of what we did with our lives, And that's what goes on. Now, how does this work? Look at what happens. In verse 20, it says this. So he who had received five talents came and brought the five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you have delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, I'll say it to you this way. You and I, in our stewardship, you want to be found faithful. You want to be found faithful. Because, listen, first the guy who came with five, he said, look, Lord, you gave me five. I made you five more. Here's 10. And what does he say? Well done, good and faithful servant. See, what makes them a good servant is that he's been faithful, right? The guy with two, he's like, man, you gave me two. Here's your two that you gave me, and I made you two more. And he says, well done, good and faithful servants. Now, here's the thing. Our culture does not value faithfulness, but God does. Our, our, our culture doesn't look at faithfulness as an amazing... It's like there was a day and age, and we can look at this in a lot of areas of life. Obviously, you can look at it with marriage. There was a time when you got a job at a company, you worked there for your entire life, right? And then they gave you a pension forever. That was like, all the young people are like, no, I don't want to work for them for my entire life. Are you crazy? You know? But we see it today. I love sports. You see it so much in sports right now. Because there was a time when an athlete would get drafted by a team and would play for that team for their entire life, right? And really, the ownership of the team wanted the player to retire there and the player wanted to play for that team. And now, it doesn't happen very often. Now, oftentimes, they want to blame the player but the ownerships are the same way, right? Someone could be with you, give you 15 years of their life and like, yeah, well, we want a newer version of you. You're old now. and They get rid of you. Right? So we see it on both sides, both from the players and from the ownership and the decision makers. So we have a culture that doesn't believe in faithfulness, but God believes in faithfulness. Isn't it true? See, what made these servants good is that they were faithful. Listen to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? He's saying, look, people can say whatever they want, but really what we want is faithfulness. Now, what's interesting is for the guy who got the five, he wasn't judged against the person who got the two or the person. It was just, what did you do with what I gave you? Right? And his faithfulness is simply that he stewarded what he was given and he said, well done, good and faithful servant. And he says, you've been faithful in the little things. I am going to give you greater things enter into the joy of your Lord. So do you know what the fruit of faithfulness is? Is first more responsibility and second, getting to enter the joy of the Lord. Those two sides. Now I know for some of you right now, well, that sounds like a terrible reward for being faithful, more work to do. That sounds lousy, right? But here's the thing. What I've learned is that people who are faithful love more responsibility. Isn't it true? So yeah, I'll be honest with you. I love our Crossroads staff, man. God has provided some of the most amazing people on the staff. And I love it when one of our leaders is like, is there anything else I can do? You know why? Because they realize that they're called to be faithful. When you're faithful, you're taking care of all your business. Like, can I have more responsibility? More responsibility. Can I get involved in these other things? And I love that. That makes me happy. Because what I've found is that when people don't want responsibility... It's because they're not being faithful. They got energy leaking out in a million areas. And when that happens, the last thing they want, we have it all the time because we run pretty hard here as a staff. Oftentimes people are like, yeah, I'd rather go do anything else right now than do what we're doing right now. And I don't blame them for it, but it's like, if you are in and you care, then you want more responsibility, right? And I'm gonna tell you, all of you, whatever your role in life is, you should be faithful. When you're faithful, you'll want more responsibility. You'll want to have a greater value. You won't want less. Why? Because you realize that when you're faithful, you get to walk in the joy of your Lord's faithfulness. Because the joy of the Lord is our See, we live in a day and age where it's like, how little can I do and still get paid? And that might be an American cultural lazy value, but it's not value of God's kingdom. We should say, I want to be faithful. I want to be a faithful person. Now, here's the question. Where are you struggling to be faithful right now? Now, I know that's kind of a scary question. Believe me, I know that it is. But here's what I'm going to say. I'm not asking the question to judge you. Here's what I'll tell you. Because we live in a culture that's not faithful and left them to our own devices, you and I aren't going to be faithful. Nobody is going to find themselves being faithful in every area of their life. So when you realize, I am not being faithful in this area, that's an invitation to simply respond to Jesus. That... By being able to acknowledge, I am not being faithful in this area, now it's like, I have to work on that. I'm just going to give you my stuff, so you guys pray for me, and I hope you don't judge me, even though some of you will. So in the beginning of the summer, summer was starting, and I had realized that as a dad, I hadn't been as faithful as I'd like to be in reading the scriptures to my kids. Now, we talk about the Bible a lot in my house. I mean, it's a pretty regular topic of conversation, but like the before bed, sitting down, reading the scriptures had been lacking. So me and Linda talked about it and I'm like, yeah, this is, even though I'm talking to them about the Lord all the time and we have all these things going on, you know. but we need to do this. And so the summer again, we, I re-upped on, okay, we're gonna be reading the scripture. We'll be reading Proverbs all summer in my home. You know, now I share that with you because you're like well you're the pastor you're supposed to be reading the Bible to your kids and be a perfect dad hello I'm human you know what I mean and so I share my own with you because it's not a judgment against me it's just like I'm just not taking care of that the way I should have and we've been working on it right I'll give you another one just yesterday me and Lynn were talking and Lynn said Daniel you know you could buy me flowers and write me a nice note all the wives love this all the husbands are like Fusco, shh. <laughs> keep your marriage problems in your house. I don't want to have to deal with that right now. But listen, she said that and I made a mental note. I went down, I went, wrote my journal. I have to do a better job of buying my wife some flowers and writing her a nice note. Because I haven't been doing a good job of that. And like Lynn doesn't want like crazy bouquets of flowers. I don't need to like order them from Tahiti to get her the spec. She just like wants me to be thoughtful. In that way. And I wrote it down. I'm like, I got to work on that. So I just gave you two areas where I'm working right now. And I do that. And I own my stuff publicly because I want to give you the liberty to say this area. I'm not being the most faithful in right now. And I need to not just acknowledge the lack of faithfulness. I need to make a plan to change it. Where's your area of unfaithfulness? Maybe it's spiritually speaking. Maybe. You used to read the scriptures every day. Maybe you used to be generous with your time and your resources, and those days are gone for whatever reason. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe you're showing up late, you're leaving early, but you're keeping the time clock like you've been there the whole day. Cutting corners. Maybe it's the way that you steward your body physically. You realize that's a stewardship as well. You didn't create your body, you've been given that body. And guess what? You get that body back in the resurrection too. It's not like God gives you a new model. You get the same old model with new features. That's biblical too. You don't miss it, man. The tomb was empty. Jesus got that one back, you know? So listen, it was funny just the other day. Open eyes, was like, dad, so like if I'm like real chubby and I get to to heaven, am I going to have a chubby body? I'm like, I bet it'll probably be pretty lean, buddy. You know? I mean, who knows? I don't know. I was just messing with him. You know what I mean? I'm like, but you can't walk through walls and still eat. He's like, cool, (laughs) you know? But listen, I mean, like that's an area that I'm always working on. Am I being faithful to steward my body well? You know, it's like get one body, you know? And so I put all these out there because here's the thing. I think God wants to teach us how to be faithful like he is. And whether it's in our marriage, whether it's in our job, whether it's in school, you doing the things that you're supposed to do, whether it's the way that you're a parent or the, a child in your home, whatever those things are, be faithful there. Because when you're found faithful, you get greater responsibility in those areas and you get to enter into your Lord's joy. So for the guy who had five, who made five, the guy who had two, made two. Great, they were good because they were faithful. Now, we still have the guy who only had one. Look at what happens next. Verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you, you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed, but I was afraid And went out and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the brokers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents for everyone who has More will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
0: Jesus is real. What did you do with what I gave you? This is the question that each of us will face when Judgment Day comes. Pastor Daniel reminded us today that each of us has been entrusted with time and talents. One day, we will give an account for what we did with them. You and I want to be found faithful in our stewardship of everything God has given us so that one day we can hear, Well done, good and faithful servant.
1: I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at jesusisrealradio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this.
0: Make sure to tune in again. It's Pastor Daniel. We'll share some more of the stories Jesus told. This series has been filled with legends, stories, and maps for how you and I are to live and what it looks like to be part of the kingdom of God. We all love a great story. The stories grab hold of our hearts and impact our lives. Next time, Pastor Daniel is going to dive into five short stories, starting with the smallest of all the seeds. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Legends. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.